0: Okay, we are back again with another Shudder original. This one's called Glorious. A great pun title, considering the location. The whole movie takes place in a rest stop bathroom. I don't know if Gat is supposed to be the antagonist or the protagonist, but he basically is a Cthulhu god stuck in. In a bathroom stall. And of course, with a title like that and a setting like that, you are assuming that eventually Wes, played by the dude from True Blood, is going to stick his dick in the glory hole. That's what we all want, right? Okay, well, maybe that's what I want. We do get it, by the way, but that is not ultimately the point of the movie. Basically, Wes from True Blood winds up at a rest stop, he's had a bonfire of some personal possessions, and he's gone into the bathroom to take a piss. And that's when he encounters a Lovecraftian God who goes by the nickname G.H.A.T. And you will definitely recognize the voice of Gat because it is none other than J.K. Simmons. A tremendous casting choice. A little bit more on that later. We're gonna spoil the crap out of this movie, by the way. So if you have not watched this yet, make sure to hit pause, go watch it and come back. So Gat has trapped this guy West in the bathroom, and he's basically like, look, I need your liver to satisfy my physical form. Because, again, he is a Lovecraftian god, and they do a whole sort of creation mythos right there on the bathroom stall. Nice little animation. It's very challenging to keep a story interesting when it takes place in one location between two people, one of which is a disembodied voice coming from a toilet stall. I went into this movie really rooting for it because I am a longtime listener of Dr. Rebecca McKendry and her constituents on the Shockwaves podcast and before that, Killer POV. Currently, she does a podcast with Elric Kane, who also directed his own film, as of recent, but I have not listened to it yet. I think it's called Colors in the Dark or Colors After Dark or something. I was heartbroken after the dissolution of Shockwaves and the whole Shockwaves debacle. But it's so cool to see these people who I've listened to for so many hours, like really branching out and making films themselves. Another way that they keep the two people in a room thing from getting stale, is they continuously up the cosmic ante of the surroundings. So even though we're in a restroom, bathroom, things get very cosmic from time to time, blood, viscera, gore, all of it in service of somehow taking it up another level. The production design was really effective because I was really, really grossed out by the space, by the toilet, by the urinals. Every time he touched the surface, like I imagined myself in that restroom bathroom and having been in several, not to use glory holes or anything, just like the layer of grime and then to watch Wes touch Every surface, combined with that whole thing about the, you know, about the fecal matter that's on his face and hands, it just just added like a nice little layer of grime. I also really love that Wes is in boxers and socks for the entire duration of the film. It just adds like a little extra element of sort of like hilarity to what is already a hilariously crazy situation. I know this is H.P. Lovecraft, but I'm also very much reminded of They're Made Out of Meat by Terry Bison. Bison? boson I don't know how to pronounce his name. B-I-S-S-O-N. Bison, I think it is. Which is basically a story about two aliens shuddering at the thought that human beings are made out of meat. I actually directed a short film based on that story. It's really fun. Check it out. That's impossible. Sorry, shameless plug. But it's sort of has that similar sort of vibe of like, you know, just talking about, I mean, the film talks about really big concepts. The screenplay was co-written by Rebecca's husband, David, and a dude by the name of Joshua Hall. They're grappling with all sorts of large concepts of existence and meaning, what it would be like to talk to a God that is somewhat omnipotent, all-knowing, and has existed for an incredibly long time a god that doesn't even interact with time the way humans interact with time when you think about it. What's that Lovecraft quote, you know, about Cthulhu sleeping so long that even death may die? I forget it. There's this one scene where Gat proves he's a deity by his willingness to name all the owners of the fecal matter covering the face and hands of Wes, either in chronological order or alphabetically by name. Which was, that, that's just so, that was fun. Gat would also make a really great therapist because he knows so much about you. He could like really help you like dive into your life. Some other interesting references that make their way into the writing, basically what Gat wants is some of Wes's liver. Not the whole liver, but just enough to satisfy his corporal form, right? So he gives him a shard of mirror and wants him to cut it into himself, and Wes is kind of selfish. He's like, no, I'm not gonna do it. I don't care if everybody's gonna die. I don't care. I'm not gonna, that's too painful. Which kind of borrows from some Greek mythology. Prometheus, the dude who stole fire from the gods and gave it to man, was punished by having his liver ripped out daily by a falcon. He had to be like tied to like a stake and every day at like 3 o'clock a falcon comes down and rips out some of his liver and flies off. I don't know how that plugs into here exactly, but I feel like it's gotta on some level. And the big one, for me, at least what I was reading into it, a big one from the Old Testament. It's like the basis of Judaism. God calls out to Abraham and says, hey, I want you to sacrifice your son to me. And so Abraham gathers up his son, Isaac, ties him up and puts him on an altar. And he is about to sacrifice his son. And God intervenes and says, I'm so glad that you did that for me. You and me, we got, we got something going on. We have a synergy now. Cut off some of your dick skin for a contractual covenant thing. And you and I, we're tight. And you know what's interesting? I always heard that story growing up. I now have children, right? I always heard that story growing up. I now am a father. And I've actually thought about this scenario. What if a disembodied voice called out to me and said, hey, I'm God, go get a knife and sacrifice your son to me because I'm God. Would I comply? Fuck no, I wouldn't. Who would? Which leads me to an idea that I had for a story. Like, what if a rabbi who's like, you know, touting all this religious stuff suddenly heard the voice of God and was like, hey, I want you to do like what we talk about in the Old Testament, sacrifice your firstborn son. Would the rabbi do it or would he not do it? It's really sort of interesting when you plug yourself into the scenario, I was very much reminded of all of that when I was watching this movie, this idea of ripping out your liver to save everybody. Because at the end of the day, your universe is your perception of things, right? So it's like, if you die, then everything else vanishes out of existence. So to sacrifice yourself is like... It's like the most selfless thing ever. There's no benefit for you in any way, shape, or form. And what we eventually learn about Wes, there's a twist. We're getting these like flashbacks of like something with a girl that Wes was obviously in love with. And, you know, I'll be honest, I was a little like, I just, it kind of was going over my head. I didn't really, I wasn't really interested or dialed into his personal demons until we get this twist reveal that he is a serial killer. I think he's a serial killer. He's got a bunch of Polaroids of girls that clearly he has dialed in on. Maybe I am assuming I was watching this correctly. You know, he, he does brandish a knife. The movie goes from like being like, the movie goes from feeling like it's like concretely in the real, in the now, even with like a disembodied God speaking to suddenly being in like a surreal, ethereal sort of dreamlike state. But I imagine that he really did kill that girl that he was in love with, and that's why he's so sad, because he actually really loved her, maybe? I also really loved finally seeing Gat in his corporal form. Am I pronouncing corporal right That Corporeal, Cor- corporal? incorporal, corporal? Uh, it was a good monster. Eventually, he does sort of cut out his liver, at least he thinks he's cutting out his liver, and in reality, Gat is reaching his tentacled hand in and pulling out some of the liver. In the end, Wes thinks he's a hero for his sacrifice of his liver, but Gat reminds him that he's not a hero, really, and that he's a, a force of destruction, just like Gat is, because in the Cthulhu mythology, he's the, the the son of Cthulhu, right? And he is a being of destruction, as as we learn in the movie, and therefore him being a killer and him being a being of destruction that they both need to die out so that everybody else can live a couple of teeny tiny nitpicks. A little piece of me kind of wishes that this movie was in black and white. I love seeing all like the cosmic magenta color, but I felt like they leaned on a lot of CGI stuff and some of it took me out of the movie a little bit. And I feel like if it was in black and white, maybe it would have hid some of those rough edges. However, how could you have a movie about Cthulhu in black and white. And then uh, an, an idea that popped into my head as I was watching this. Again, I the performances from True Blood guy, uh, what's his name? Jason something, I think is his name is and J.K. Simmons, they were great. No complaints here. But a part of me was kind of like alternatively casting things as well in my head, and I started to wonder what this movie would be like if you had Jeffrey Combs as Gat, the disembodied voice of Gat, and you had Jeremy Gardner from The Battery, as west. That also that would have been an interesting combination and I feel like Jeremy's physicality his his knack for physicality would have lent perfect to this material and the space. What I really respect about this movie is that I absolutely had no idea where it was going to go and never once was I able to guess where it was going to go. I like being surprised. I like being on my toes. I would expect nothing less from the McKendries, because They watch so many movies, you know what I mean? They're so steeped in storytelling that whatever they're going to do is going to maybe deviate from what we've come to expect. I'd really like to see them tackle some aquatic horror because I know that uh, the Doctor is a big fan of that. Would be interesting to see how what her take would be. Glorious is streaming on Shudder. Definitely check it out. Congratulations to Dr. Rebecca McKendry and her whole team. I'm always rooting for you and I can't wait to see what you do next. Whatever it is, I'm sure it's gonna be great. Cha-cha!